Hey, Top Fans, Bill from Top Fan Rivalry here with, who do I got with me? What's up, Jackson? How's it going? <laughs> going good. You ready to talk 2000s baseball? Two, 2000s baseball. I mean, it's 2000s baseball is like an extension of the 90s, but that is. Exactly. The, um, here's the ground rules that Jackson and I agreed to, because otherwise you're going to be listening to this podcast. You're going to be, ha- you're going to have 30 minutes to drive to work and we're going to still be going like the Energizer Bunny. So we both agreed to take nine players on each side and then five honorable mentions. Do not throw tomatoes at us if we miss somebody. There are hundreds of players that were in the 90s that were phenomenal. Okay. We're going to do our best to mention them all. We'll try not to miss some of them. Jackson's already talked about having to trim down a list. And I'm like, Ooh, those are names that those are hard names to stop. So anyways, we're going to have fun with this. But Jackson, I'm going to. I'm going to let you take it away to start us off on, on a few business things. Uh, yeah. So if you're not already following us, follow us at Top Fan Rivalry. We're on Instagram. We're on, we're on Twitter now, aren't we? Twitter, we're yeah. On Twitter, yeah, we're on am. YouTube. Uh, we have a website. Check it out, topfanrivalry.com. There you can find our locker room access. Sign up for that. Um, we kind of had a, a rough couple of weeks there, but we promise it. We got some good stuff coming up. Um, we're, we're starting up pretty soon here. We're going to have our, our weekly recap. That's not the real name of it. The name is T- TBD. That's still yeah. the think tank. <laughs> but we're exactly. going to get you top fans on. You know, Send us a message if you want to hop on and just talk. Uh, the week of baseball, we'll be doing it a week-by-week basis. And you can just talk about the things you observed. It'll be great to hear from you guys because you know we don't get out and watch some of the teams. You know, I don't watch a lot of NL Central games or AL Central games, so for example. So it'll be great to hear other people talk about stuff that isn't just the baseball I watch. And uh, I mean, we got some merch, we got hats as always. You longtime listeners know we got hats in five different colors, including, or is it six colors now? Cause we got a white on white, right? Six. Yeah. Six white yeah. on white is our newest color. And I heard t-shirts might be coming soon. Yeah. We're working on, we're working on t-shirts. We got a, got a couple of ideas. You got some friends that are having babies and they're, some of them were asking, do you have top fan onesies? <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we will at some point, Jackson. Who knows? Yeah. So just lots of news. Uh, thanks for the continued support. Let, let's get into it. Let's get into the 2000s. But, but Jackson, is there a code that they could use? Oh, yes, there is. You know, we, we took a little hiatus. and almost forgot the special discount code to get 10% off. Use there the discount go. code Jackson at the top fan store and topfanrivalry.com. You'll get you go. 10, 10% off your purchase. Yeah, we don't want to forget that, right? No. Got to give the people the discounts. It's what the people want. Exactly. Exactly. So I think you let off in the 90s. So I think it's my turn to lead off in the 2000s. Is that right? Oh, yes, it is. I'm ready. Okay. So this one you may or may not agree with me on. And I don't know if you made your list or not, Jackson. But to me, this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, ages 28 to 37 between 2000 and 2000 all-star 2000 2001 2002 2003 2007 silver slugger 2000 2001 2002 2003 2007 had 1251 hits 208 home runs um had a batting average of 283 an ops of 878 now those numbers some of those numbers might not be fantastic but he was a switch hitting catcher Jorge Posada. 
or hate I think this guy belongs in the Hall of Fame because of what he did at the plate and how he handled the pitching staff. He's not going to get in, but I mean, if you're going to talk about players that stood out in the 2000s, somebody argue with me and say that Jorge Posada wasn't wasn't a guy, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of those iconic, you know, you think 2000s Yankees, Jorge Posada, hip hip Jorge. Yeah, well, That's the famous commercial goes. Hip hip Jorge, and I mean, tell me, as catchers go, 1,251 hits isn't bad for a 10 year span. Again, you're, you're paying to, to control the pitching staff. You're not paying to get on base and this guy was getting on base like crazy. So a little extra something, something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just the, like you said, I think last time, anything else is, uh, I don't remember what the term you was used, but I'm going to use cherry on top. You know, it's just like, it's bonus. It's the yep. extra fries at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> extra fries at the bottom of the bag. Exactly. Yep. All right, Jackson, what you got for me? All right, you started that catcher. I'll jump to pitcher, and okay. I'm going to pick a pitcher that, you know, this this will bring back some memories for you, Johan Santana. Ooh, good old Johan. So, uh, Johan Santana was kind of crazy to start off his career. He won two Cy Young Awards in the 2000s. Uh, he won one in 2004 and then one in 2006, pitching for Minnesota. He's I feel like he's more recognized as a Met because of the no hitter he threw, but he was he was pretty darn good in Minnesota. Uh, from Great Minnesota, yeah, two thousand to two thousand nine, he had a three point one two ERA, uh, seventeen hundred innings, struck out seventeen hundred thirty three batters, so his strikeouts per nine were over nine, which is pretty good. I mean, like I said, two Cy Young awards. He had three straight years of a a sub three ERA, and then. That led he led the league in the ERA three times, led the league in starts twice, innings twice, strikeouts three times. I mean, he was just that classic workhorse lefty. And he's yeah. just one of those guys that, you know, just immediately popped into my head. I was like, what good pitchers were there in the 2000s? I'm like, Johan Santana. Johan Santana. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm going to get one of the captain obviouses out of the way. Okay. Arguably the best player of that decade. Okay. Um, ages 26 to 35, uh, all-star 2000, 2001, 2, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, gold glove winner, 04, 05, 06, 2000, uh, silver slugger, 06, 07, 08, 09, 1,940 hits, 316 doubles, um, batting average of 317, 844 OPS, played for the same team, the entire time, his entire career. Not only did he play for the same team, but Nike knighted him with his own commercial with Jordan tipping his hat to him. The captain, number two in your programs, number one in your heart, Derek Jeter. Come on, Jackson. You know that was coming, right? I, I knew I knew it was coming. I was so sure he was on your list. I didn't even put him on my list because I knew you were going to talk about him. Listen, I he, like you can say a thousand things about this guy, including his 3,000th hit was a home run, right? Diving into the stands, uh, getting all bloodied up, you know, being a key part of the Yankees dominance in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, I, you know, the, the Yankees traded for a guy or actually signed a, a free agent 
that we'll talk about, I'm sure, in this podcast. If we don't, top fans, you need to be ticked at us. But this guy was a shortstop, but Jeter was there. So they moved him to third base. <laughs> Gee, chirp, chirp. Talk about a lead in. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, Jackson, I got to go near Jeter. That's a great call. That's a great call. I mean, as, as much as I'd like to go, you want to lead me in to the next guy. I'm just really excited to talk about the guy that's next on my list. Go for it. You know, uh, he was one of the last players to play for the Montreal Expos. Uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, as Angels fans know him, it's the big daddy, Vladdy, Vladimir Guerrero. I heard his son's pretty good, you know. You, you younger kids might know about his son. His son, I heard he's, pre- he's pretty good. You know, almost won an MVP last year. But, uh-huh. you know, se- senior wasn't a slouch either. He had 315 home runs in the decade, over 1,000 RBIs, 100, or 1,700 hits, batted 323 with a 392 on base, 960 slugging. He won an MVP in 2004. I mean – Vladimir Guerrero is one of those hitters you see stand in the box and he's got that awkward upright stance. You go, this guy's not going to hit anything. No batting gloves covered in pine tar dude swinging at every single pitch. You go, how does this guy get a hit? But somehow, some way he gets this junk slider on the outside corner that he barely like nicks off the end of the bat and it goes 380 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Or the ball bounces at 58 feet instead of 60 feet from the mound. And he takes it off the bounce and drives it into center field for a base hit that was amazing <laughs> yeah probably the best bad ball hitter baseball's ever seen probably will stay that way um just a fantastic player uh i think an underrated thing about him just like on a final note is he had an underrated defensive aspect to him his arm was absolutely ridiculous that guy could throw anyone out from right field yeah yeah exactly exactly okay I'm going to take this to another Captain Obvious one. And I mentioned this on the 90s podcast, and this hurt me on the 90s because this guy's a giant. You got to mention him in the 2000s too, right? Um, played for the Giants his entire 2000, 2010. All-star 2000, 01, 02, 03, 04, 07. Um, 925 hits, but 317 of those were home runs. Batting average of 322. OPS at 1241. As much as it drives me insane to mention this, we're going to mention Barry Bonds again. It just, he put up the numbers in the 2000s. It just, he was arguably the most dominant player to play offensively. You know, steroids or not, nobody, I mean, what, what was it? Was, were they playing in Arizona, Jackson? I think they were playing in Arizona. Bases loaded, Arizona, it's the ninth inning. Arizona's up by like two runs with one out, and they walk Barry Bonds with the bases loaded. They're like, we'll, we'll take our hand on Danilo Santiago or whoever was behind them. <laughs> Get Barry. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you got to go with Barry. I, I swear I didn't take steroids, Bonds. Yeah, I mean, four straight MVPs. I mean, 100. He has 232 walks in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stupid numbers that he has, but you got to put him in there. I've only got one or two more captain obviouses and then we'll get into the goods, but you're next Jackson. Who's your number three. I mean, I feel like I have another captain obvious right here and it's, it's going to be a guy who recently made history 
this season with a, a big milestone. It's going to be Miguel Cabrera. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It, it, it's easy to forget that he's been around for that long, <laughs> playing for like 20 years. But, I mean, he broke on into the team with the, the Florida Marlins back when they were the Florida Marlins, not the Miami Marlins. Helped them win a World Series in 2003. And then after that, you know, classic Marlins win the World Series and then blow it up a couple of years later. <laughs> Got traded to Detroit. But, I mean, for a guy that only played seven seasons in the decade, he had 209 home runs, 1,200 hits, 311 batting average, 542 slugging. You know, he got down ballot MVP votes. He finished fifth twice, fourth once. I mean, he was just a complete hitter, just posting ridiculous numbers. Had led the league in total bases one year. Yeah. No, he's – that's a great call, Jackson. That's a really, really good call because he gets overshadowed by a lot of the players that we're mentioning. Um, That's a great call. I like that one. All right, you ready for another Captain Obvious one, Jackson? Of course. Okay. Uh, All-star, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2008, 2009, 45 wins, 39 losses, ERA of 2.09. 397 saves in this this decade 8.4 strikeouts per nine um and yeah he was just electric with that cutter sounds like i'm talking all about yankees he also is one of the only guys and i'd have to actually look this up that got a hundred percent um all or uh, hall of fame ballot voting and that's mariano the sandman Rivera. When yeah. Enter the Sandman came on in New York uh, in the Bronx, you knew the game was over. And for the most part, when that dude came in with that cutter, it was over. So, yeah. I, I mean, nowadays they talk about, you know, a pitcher being good with two pitches in the bullpen. Makes him dominant. Mariano Rivera had one pitch. <laughs> yeah. You knew it was coming. It wasn't like there's no signs. There's just, you know, forget about the curveball, Ricky. Just give him the cutter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and I believe the, the term is his cutter is where baseball bats went to die. Yep. He, he sawed so many hitters off. That cutter is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And I think it's crazy that he learned how to throw it as a teenager playing with a cardboard glove. He learned yep. how to throw a cutter. Well, and, and he's just one of the nicest dudes. From what I understand, he's, he'd walk around the stadium. You know, he, he just he seems like a really, really good ambassador for the game. I yeah. You know, I'm not going to argue. You can argue whether or not he deserves 100% of the All-Star or the Hall of Fame vote. But either way, first ballot for sure, 100% for sure. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to be the one guy that's going to have the 100%, I'm not going to be too upset about that. I mean, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, you just mentioned Miguel Cabrera. That guy's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer regardless. Yeah. So, okay, who you got? You got Who's your number four? Uh. I, the 2001 Rookie of the Year and MVP. I believe he's the only player to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of came over a little late at the age of 27. Uh, it's Japanese superstar Ichiro Suzuki. Yeah. Or, I mean, <laughs> when you start your career off in the big leagues with 242 hits, you're doing something right. I mean, <laughs> he, hit, he hit 350 this first year in the league and didn't really look back. And I think 
it was it took him 13 at bats to hit a get over 300 for career batting average and it never dipped below 300 until yeah. like the very end of his career which is just absolutely ridiculous um but yeah Ichiro is one of those guys lanky fun, funny batting stance dude could just slap the ball over the park you could play a rover you could play two rovers like rec league softball you you wouldn't be able to stop this guy. He put the ball over the park. Great speed, uh, complete defender, fantastic arm. You know, he's one of those just two thousands players that just sticks out in my mind. And I remember as a kid, vaguely, I don't know how I remember this. I was like five years old. We went to a game of Ichiro's rookie year, and Ichiro threw someone out at third base from right field. It was probably one of the best throws I've seen in my life, and I can just remember. You know, being so excited as a kid that yeah, he took an extra base. It's like, oh no, Ichiro took it away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Good call. Good call. All right. You ready for one that may or may not be on your list? Yeah. Okay. This guy played all-star every year except for 2009 in this. Had 1,562 hits, 348 um, home runs. Had a batting average during this decade of 317, an OPS of 1,018, played for the Cleveland Indians back when they were the Indians, the Boston Red Sox, and the Los Angeles Dodgers during this time. Who am I talking about, Jackson? Cleveland, Boston, Dodgers. I don't know. Let's just say, let's just let Manny be Manny. Oh, Manny, Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, he played for the Dodgers in 08 and 09. That's right. Um, Bulk of the time, obviously, was in Boston for this decade. Um, Put up the numbers. Some people don't like him because of his attitude and things like that. Others think he's great. If I'm looking just at the numbers and the guy that made an impact on the game, you got to say Manny. So there you go. That's my number five. Who you got for your number five? Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to throw a curveball because, you know, I like the, the obscure guys. I'm going to go with the only catcher to ever win a batting title. It's going to be Joe Maurer. Oh, that was my next guy. Nice oh. call, Jackson. Yeah. Nice uh, call. Joe Maurer hit 327 from 2004 to 2009, uh, which for a catcher is just absolutely ridiculous. 892 OPS, and he did that with very little home run power. The yeah. man was a doubles machine. Uh, he won MVP in 2009. When he set a career high with 28 home runs in that year, he batted 365 with a 587 slugging percentage. And that put his OPS at over a thousand, a thousand thirty-one. Joe Maurer was just one of those guys that, you know, like you kind of talked about Mariano Rivera, good ambassador for the game, a well-liked guy, really nice dude. He just went out there and had fun every night. And yeah, Yeah, that was a good call. He was actually on my list. That's an obscure one. Okay, I'm going to go back to the bump because there's there's a lot of people we can talk about on the bump. But um, I'm going to go back to the bump. Uh, this guy played for the D-backs, the Yankees, and the Giants during the decade. Had 143 wins and 78 losses. Only pitched 1,885 innings. Um, only had 2,182 strikeouts. And his strikeouts per nine was 10.4. The bird killer, the big unit, Randy Johnson. I mean, this guy was dominant. This guy led the Arizona Diamondbacks to a World Series. Yeah, 
I mean, so, we talked about him a little bit in the 90s, but hmm. he was arguably even better to start the 2000s because I think he won three Cy Youngs in a row, 2000, 2001, 2002. This guy was dominant. And when you're looking at a 6'7 guy from feet six inches away that kills birds, um, you know, you're, you're not looking up there. I mean, look at John Cruck in the All-Star game. Remember that? Yes. John Cruck was like, nah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just, whatever. I'm out. So, anyways, but Randy Johnson, that's my number six. Who you got? All right. Next on my list, I am going to stay on the bump. And I'm going to maybe sound like a homer here, but I think this player is criminally underrated in a borderline Hall of Famer. I'm going to go with Tim Hudson. Call. Good call. He won 137 games in the decade, had a 3.5 ERA, uh, pitched 1,900 innings. You know, he, they called him the Bulldog was his nickname. I, he's criminally underrated. He's one of those pitchers. He wasn't flashy. He didn't strike a lot of batters out. He was a pitch-to-contact kind of guy. And I think his, his whip and his ERA kind of reflect that. Mm-hmm. But I think he's one of those pitchers in the 2000s that gets kind of overshadowed by guys like Randy Johnson were just so dominant. I think Tim Hudson was a nice, solid pitcher, especially in an era where, you know, you give up a hit, it's usually a home run, the very lively offense of the 2000s to pitch that effectively to contact. Yep. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Tim Hudson, and he just – and it was fun because he just kind of went out and had fun, just would throw. It was awesome. I loved it. He he would just grind every game. You know, runners would get on base, it wouldn't bug him. He would just grind. Every inning was a grind. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm going to do my last Captain Obvious one. You know, this is my number, what, three, seven pick here. Um, the guy was an MVP, 03, 05, 07, All-Star, 2000, 01, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, uh, Gold Glove winner, 02, 03, Silver Slugger, 2000, 01, 02, 03, 05, 07, 08. Um, played for the Seattle Mariners in the decade, the Texas Rangers, the New York Yankees, had 1,740 hits, 435 home runs this decade, um, had a 304 batting average and OPS of 988. He was so good, the Yankees wanted him, but he was not good enough to move Derek Jeter off the short. Who am I talking about, Jackson? A-Rod. A-Rod. Yeah, he... Little controversy, you know, surrounding him, but whatever. On the field, 435 dingers. The way that he played the game, I still sometimes watch the fight between him and Veritek going down the line in Boston because that's just fun. But, you know, hey, you got to talk A-Rod. When you're talking 2000s baseball, A-Rod's got to be there. Yeah. That's my number seven. All right. My number seven is going to be a very cap obvious one as well. Uh it's going to be a guy who played his entire uh, decade in the same city in St. Louis. He won three MVPs. <laughs> the man is a machine. He is the machine. It is He's Albert Pujols. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I yep. mean, what, what what can you say about Albert? I mean, 1,700 hits in the decade, uh, 366 home runs, batted 344, the 628 slugging. It just – like clock where Albert Pujols used to be the best hitter in major league baseball sans Barry Bonds 
just the best all-around hitter Albert was. You know, he got the nickname The Machine because he was automatic. He'd get up there and just do his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I, uh, I, I left that softball there for you because <laughs> I know you're also an Angels fan and he did play for the Angels in the 2010s. And on purpose, I left it there for you, Jackson. So there you go. Say, we don't talk, we don't talk about Albert on the Angels. He's really that's, good on the Cardinals. That's true. Okay, I'm going to give you one that you may not think about. Um, for my eighth pick, he started his career in Philadelphia. He moved to Arizona, then he moved to Boston. Without him, I don't think Randy Johnson gets the World Series title. These two guys on the bump were like dominant, and that's Kurt Schilling. Yeah. He had 117 wins that decade. 3.54 ERA um, helped the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks get World Series championships. Had 1,545 strikeouts, and he had an 8.9 strikeouts per nine. Um, besides for that, he was a really good ambassador for the game. So, if you want to talk, you know, does Arizona get there, or does um, does Arizona get there, or does Boston get there with their World Series? Um, uh, titles without Kurt Schilling, I got to say no. So Kurt Schilling's my number eight. Yeah, that's a good call. Good call. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Who you got? I'm going to talk about a guy who we also talked about in the nineties. Um, I mean, it's hard not to bring guys like him up again. Okay. And his 2000 season alone merits him being on this list. And it's Pedro Martinez. Yes. Yeah, 112 wins, 3.01 ERA. I mean, his 2000 season, he went 18 and six with a 1.74 ERA, and his WHIP was point point seven three seven, which is just I can't fathom a pitcher being that dominant. He was though. He was. He was, he was though. Pedro was. He was really good. Uh, he kind of tailed off at the end of the decade, but his first his first five years in the decade, he was the best pitcher in the league. Just So, so I'm going to do something a little different with my ninth pick. Cause I love that pick there that you just had, but seeing that we'll have five um, honorable mention picks, I'm going to do something a little different with this pick. The entire decade he pitched for the Toronto Blue Jays, 139 wins, only 69 losses, 340 ERA, a 6.7 strikeout per nine, whip 1171, 1400 strikeouts. Okay. Um, All star 2002, three, five, six, eight, and nine. And unfortunately passed away way too young. And that's Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay um, was a pretty dominant pitcher in the 2000s. Would you agree on that? Yeah. And another guy, he could throw that cutter and you know, knew it was coming and it was just shatter your bat still. Oh, I agreed. And as I'm sitting there going, what pitchers do I eliminate? I'm, I'm looking at Roy Halladay's numbers and I'm like, we got to bring him up. He has to be here because he's just, he was that good when he was out on that, on that bump. So, yeah. Okay. Roy so what, who do you got for your last one before we go to honorable mentions? So there's the part of me that wants to be the homer and talk about Chipper Jones again. Chipper Jones was great in the 2000s. So I, I probably am. So 
in case you guys missed the last podcast, Chipper Jones is pretty good for his career. Uh, he, hit a, he hit a pretty good run in the 2000s as well. Uh, 273 home runs, 921 RBIs, 1500, over 1,500 hits, batted 311, the 960 OPS, all while being a switch hitter. <laughs> he led the. He won a batting title in 2008 at the age of 36. I mean, he was just Mr. Consistency, uh, the famed Met killer. And uh, I guess my favorite Chipper Jones fact I'll leave you guys with tonight is he named his son Shea after Shea Stadium as the ultimate flex on the New York Mets. Just remind yep. them that he owned them. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I laughed when I heard that, by the way. I'm like, this is awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I don't steal any of yours, Jackson. Give me your five honorable mentions. I'm not going to let you say, hey, that was one of mine. Give me your five honorable mentions. Who are, who are your guys that should make the list if we had 20 to make? But who are your honorable mentions? Uh, without delving into it, uh, for time's sake, I don't want to break all of them down. I got Brandon Webb, mm-hmm. Maglio Ordonez, Oof. Alfonso Soriano. Alfonso Soriano. Uh, the guy that fought Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent. <laughs> yeah. And then Carlos Beltran. Say what you want about the side ceiling with Beltran, but Beltran was pretty good in the 2000s as a hitter. As a player, he was very good. Yeah. As a player, he was very good. All right. You ready for a couple of these ones? Oh, yeah. Chase Utley. Right. Pretty dominant second baseman outside of Jeff Kent um, throughout his, you know, throughout his time, right? Um, Mike Piazza, obviously, you know, he was predominant in the 2000s as well, wrapping up his career. Um, Joe Nathan, San Francisco Giant and Minnesota Twin saves guy, 246 saves. Pulled that one out of a hat, didn't I? That's that's a good one. (laughs) Um, Hanley Ramirez. Okay. Okay. I think Hanley Ramirez is is probably going to be there. And then, believe it or not, this one's gonna this one's gonna kind of crack you up. But he actually had a really, really, really good 2000s um, coming in 2004. But he became dominant towards the end of the decade, and that's actually Zach Greinke. Oh, believe yeah. it or not, Zach Greinke started to started to show some stuff, and you know he'll be more dominant when we talk about the. Uh, 2010s through 20s but he actually towards the end of that decade he was pretty amazing so there's my honorable mentions for you how'd those, those i do good uh just a side note i had eric gagne didn't make the cut on my honorable mentions he was really close though i i thought about it but all the stuff that came out afterwards about how he was doing it and things like that i just yeah. couldn't i just couldn't i mean yeah you know, it's not fair when you're when you're throwing 100 miles an hour and your next pitch is an 80 mile an hour changeup, and then you realize that you're juicing, right? Yeah. So, but, well, top top fans, this has been a fun list. These get harder and harder and harder as we go through because these are players that we know and we have attachments to, right? You know, and things like that. So. Uh, let us know Twitter, Instagram, how we did, how we didn't do, what we missed. Um, I know there might be somebody that's going to join us for the 2010s um, to talk about the 2010s. And then look for Jackson and I's weekly recap. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
We're going to be able to give you inside of 10 minutes, things that have happened, things that are, are, you know, moves that have been made, roster moves and things like that. So enjoy that. Jackson, I think we did good tonight. What do you think? I think we did too. Uh, another side note is don't uh, back me in the comments for missing out on Scott Rowland because Scott Rowland for Hall of Fame. <laughs> Scotty roll. Scotty roll for Hall of Fame. So, all right, top fans, you've heard it all. Uh, look for this episode and then look for the 2010s episode and look for our weekly episodes. So we love having you, Jackson. We did good tonight. And uh, let's just keep it rolling. Yeah. Have a good one, talk baseball. Yep.